Ladies and gentlemen, cowboys and cowgirls, welcome to the CB Rodeo Show. We talk about nothing but rodeo cowboys and the Western lifestyle. I'm your podcast host, Dustin Christensen, rodeo announcer and auctioneer, coming at you live and direct, not on tape. That one's for you, Don. I'm sitting here in Helena, Montana, with a couple of my good friends, Kalen McMillan, the UBRC 2020 National Champion Barrel Racer, as well as Justine Stralchek, rodeo cowgirl right there. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Justine's kind of just staring at me a little bit. And you, a little, a little, you a little nervous there? Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I am too. We just, we just roll with it. So, as I said, the 2020 National Champion, the United, United Barrel Racing Championship. Let's talk about that. So the UBRC is like a series around Montana. Um, Casey and Ross put it on. Um, they're just kind of like normal barrel races. They're not really rodeo. Um, the championship is in Livingston, Montana. Okay. All right. So... You're the 2020 champion. What? So, what did you did you have to do anything in particular to prepare yourself to get there? I mean, what what did you have to do? I mean, re, like you know, I I've heard of you know barrel racers that were you know like every single day they're out there chasing cans all day, you know, or barrel racers that are take you know taking their horses to special chiropractic deal, you know, making their sure their horse is already. And, you know, obviously you, you need to do that, take care of your horse, especially when you're competing. But what, what did you do to kind of practice and prepare yourself? And just tell us about the road that you took to get to that championship title. Well, you know, so I started barrel racing just at the UBRC. I really didn't think anything of it. I wasn't chasing a title. I wasn't doing anything. Um, I did do chiropractic work on my horse and laser therapy. I highly recommend it. Um, my horse just, I didn't think was going to be in that caliber with everybody else. Um, but when I saw online that I was in first, I started chasing it. I went to all the UBRC. I started practicing almost every week with her. Um, and then I just decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. And my dad was right there with me and he hauled me to all these barrel races and just doing what I could to win that championship. And then I went to the championship and I just chased it so hard because the girl in second was so close to me that if I tipped a barrel or did anything, I would have been out of first. And she has won it the last four years, and everyone was rooting for me, and my dad was so happy, and it was just amazing. Absolutely, you know that's and that's that's really good, you know, especially to have someone right there to support you the entire day, have your dad oh, yeah. right there, and you know, have all that support. So, just out of curiosity, do you remember your time on that final that final run that? Won the championship for you. So it was actually really funny because, so there's three days that you have to run. Um, the second day I um, ran too fast of a time. So I was in the bottom of the 3D. I was chasing the 40 title 
And so the third day I was like, I'm just going to watch the clock because I know my horse is going to work for me because she does amazing work. I can trust her like that. So when I was running home, I watched the clock the entire time and I slowed her up a little bit and she won me first. Awesome. That, that is awesome. You know. <laughs> yeah. I was just sitting down in the living room down there and, you know, I saw your little fancy little table that you won and yeah. you know, your cooler and your, yeah. your belt buckle up on the wall, you know, and um yeah that's that's awesome yeah and I was I was just so excited because I've never really I didn't grow up in barrel racing at all and just to win that title and to have that title I was just so excited so because you just told I didn't see I didn't know anything about it how old were you when you started barrel racing then um I was about like 15 when I actually started barrel racing I started working with horses when I was 12 but I was in English and then I decided that I didn't want to do English jumping anymore. Mm-hmm. So I changed to barrel racing. And what kind of gave you that initial kind of kick to want to do that? What, what made you decide, you know, I'm done doing English. Let's switch over to barrels and then just go to town with it. Um, I've always watched like YouTube videos of barrel racing. And I've always thought like, that's pretty cool. Like you're running your horse at however speed you are at a standing object and you have to go around three of them and then run them home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And I I can't remember if I told you this before. Congratulations. Thank you. You Yeah. Um, All right, Justine. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about you now because we just talked about her championship. Now let's talk, you know, um, you were kind of telling me last night when we all were sitting around having dinner, you know, you, you do a little bit of everything. Let, let's kind of talk about that. What? Let's hear what all you do. So I grew up in Maryland, and um, I competed for a very long time just in NBHA, just doing barrels. Um, and then when I was 14, we started doing more of, you know, the rodeo scene. And I kept on with barrels, uh, started doing more pole bending, and then I wanted to do a little bit more with it. I wanted to get, you know, into the more fun events, you know, the roping. And so I did also did the goat tying um, and I did heading and healing and breakaway. So it was busy days at the rodeo. You know, I had two horses, so I didn't overwork my horses too much. But it was definitely a lot of fun doing all those events because it keeps you busy. So did you do high school rodeo or what What, what are you, open rodeos? What, what did you kind of do? So I competed in the Central Pennsylvania Youth Rodeo Association. Um, We tried out Maryland High School Rodeo. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I'm more of, you know, the laid back, have fun at the rodeo. You know, if you mess up, it's okay. Like, I I just want to have fun and make it a good experience for me and my horses. Um, And high school rodeo was just pretty serious and, you know, I just... I'm a competitive person, but I also want it to be fun. You know, if I win, I win. If I don't, at least I had a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of the big thing about rodeo that kind of loses touch with it is you got to have fun while you're doing it. A lot of people don't. We'll get into that a little more here in a little bit because I do <laughs> want to bring that up a little bit later. But um, so, Kaylin, what? Let's talk about your horses then. So, let's talk about that horse you won the championship on. Then we'll kind of get into you know what what else you're kind of doing. You know with your horses and stuff. So, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about your championship horse here. What? So my championship horse was, um, B and H Hamas Tiffin. 
Um, I got her from a lady out of Kalispell. She was worked very, very hard. She would rear, she would buck, she didn't really like the barrels. So I had to go back and do a lot of slow work with her um, to get her right and corrected. Then she just started winning me all this money and all the barrel races that I went to. She just performed a lot better. Okay. And, you know, you're talking about earlier you work horses too. So are you, are you currently training, training horses right as right now, currently? I am. I have a young horse coming up. Um, hopefully I can start barrel racing on him this year. He's a piece of work, <laughs> but it, that's just what you got to do. Yeah. So do you rope at all? Um, I try to, I'm kind of trying to get into breakaway roping a little bit. All my horses are, are like used to the, um, rope because that's what I like to train them on just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would like to really get into breakaway roping. Okay. And so do, do you have a horse that you're already, you know, looking at going, that's going to be my rope horse. Do you have one that you're training? That's just kind of has that, you know, that has the build, has the, you know, yeah, um, I do. It, he's actually my new horse that I'm training barrels on. He's still working on it, but he has an amazing stop. He has an amazing build, and hopefully I can he can be my barrel horse and breakaway horse. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, so I remember a few months ago, uh, I actually helped your dad down at the horse sale, uh, the Billings horse sale, get a horse for you here. What, what, whatever, what... Which horse is that? Whatever, whatever ended up happening to that horse? Is he, is he still around? Is oh he... yes, that's actually the bar- the horse that I'm training in barrels with. Okay. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's something. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Justine, let's let's move over to you now. You know, so we kind of talked about Caitlin's horses. Let's talk about let's talk about yours now. So, um, you said you run two horses at a time, right? Yes, I did back when I was in Maryland. Um, Currently, I just have my one horse. Uh, I've had her since she was born. Uh, You know, I've done all the training and stuff with her. My dad did some uh, when I was still barrel racing with my gelding. But uh, she was raised, you know, and started with my dad. And it was just a fun thing for my dad to do with her. And I think that's what made her love her job so much because it wasn't just the constant... You know, putting the stress on her of running the barrels all the time, having, you know, your pattern be perfect every time. It was just letting her have fun and be a horse. So right now, mainly what I do with her is I just, you know, let her ride. I have fun with her. Um, We do do some pattern work here and there. But my big thing with horses is you want them to enjoy the life that you're doing with them. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want a horse that's all blown up like Miss was when Kaylin first got her. You know, I Callie gets excited going into the arena. She rears, you know, but that's because she loves her job, mm-hmm. not because she's blown up and, you know, tired of running the barrels. Like, when I go in there with her, she's looking for those barrels. She's chasing after them, and I think all horses should be able to do pretty much anything. I could do anything I want with Callie. I could jump her. I could work cows with her I could you know she's just a very versatile horse 
Okay. Well, you know, that's kind of, you know, we were kind of briefly talking about that before we started recording was, you know, obviously you want to have fun and your horse, you need to make sure your horse is having a good time too because you guys are working together constantly. Yeah. You guys are a team, you know, whether it's barrels, whether whether you're roping, you know, it doesn't, it, bulldogging, you and your horse have to be on the same page and work together, you know, and so that's, that's good that, you know, you guys, that's. That's what you guys try to accomplish is to make sure that your your horses are kind of on the same page you are. And, I mean, do you guys, obviously, I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer, but I just want to get it on, get it out on the radio waves here. You guys, So, do you guys think that as long as, you, you know, make sure your horse is comfortable, make sure your horse is happy, make sure you guys are on the same page, makes you more successful in rodeo? Oh, yes. I... Now that Miss has calmed down a lot and I've had her for a couple of years, I don't do any barrel work on her, rarely. Um, I take her out on trail rides. I ride her bareback. I just let her be her because if I run her too much, she's going to start to hate it. And I absolutely do not want that. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Justine? You, you got anything you'd like to add? To- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, most of the riding I do with Callie is just, you know, having fun. You know, I obviously work her on, work on her muscles and, you know, keeping her strength up. But if we do any barrel work, it's mainly bareback and having fun in a halter and lead rope. You know, it's mm-hmm. I make it a good time for her. And we work on some stuff with the barrels. But most of that work with her on, you know, bending and flexing and holding herself up is mainly just done while I'm riding her and I'll do it for a little bit and then we'll go out and have some fun take her on a trail ride I'll let her take off out in the field and just stretch out and absolutely that's awesome that that is absolutely awesome I think I think people more people need to know that you know just kind of you know you got to get your you know your horse has got to be happy too you know and uh let's kind of change gears a little bit here Let's talk about just in general. I got I got some multiple points here. I kind of want to bring up with this is um you know women in rodeo. It's kind of a it's been a uh, big topic lately, especially within the PRCA. You getting into um, breakaway roping. You know it's starting to become a pretty big deal, and um, you know especially you Justine because you you breakaway rope. I want to talk to you about this. Um, you know what what do you kind of what do you what do you think about you do you you guys kind of, because I, I know we were talking about this last night. We were talking about, you know, breakaway short roping should be at the Thomas and Mac during the NFR as a perf, as yes. a perf event, yes. right? Yes, yeah. And, um, you know, it's so like I was down at Ellensburg and, you know, they actually, they had it down there and I, I couldn't believe how many people were entered up in it, how, how many ladies were entered up in it. And I mean, do you guys do you guys think that within the next couple of years it could become one of the main sports in rodeo, like one of the big sports in rodeo? It's definitely growing right now with how many people are getting into breakaway. So I think it's definitely going to become a very big thing. I also believe that you know a lot of people are finally starting to like open their eyes up to it. Like you know, a lot of times it was just pushed off as like, oh, you know, that's just small event. Doesn't it's just you know, not that cool to watch, but I mean, it's amazing to see these women. I mean, last year, um, you know, the one, the woman that won it, she was pregnant, you know, and cut the horn off yeah. of her saddle and she won, cool. you know, like 
that's amazing to watch and you know the passion and her riding and her roping she went out and won that thing mm-hmm. with I mean I would I, I don't know if I'd cut my horn off my <laughs> yeah, saddle no, like that that's, <laughs> that's an expensive yeah. saddle to cut the horn off of you know but you do you what got, you gotta yeah. do yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know I feel like a lot of people are opening their eyes up to it and being like oh my gosh this is you know a pretty big event that a lot of people are really into and are passionate about and I have a friend that she's very passionate about breakaway roping and that's one of her favorite rodeo events and you know she could go out there and she could go to the NFR and she could win it you know mm-hmm. yeah because they did have it this year in Vegas during the NFR and it has counted as a WPRA sport they just didn't have it during or at the Thomas and Mac as a perf event you know um, and so, you know, hopefully we'll see it there in the next couple of years. I saw some controversy online, you know, people were talking about, you know, the amount of time it takes to do all these light shows and all of that, you know, they could have put it in there, there, you know, and there's, yeah. there's other people that are saying otherwise. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's one of those events that's a little bit interesting to see, you know, cause like I said, I couldn't believe when I was down in Ellensburg, how many, how many contestants were ended up in the breakaway roping. You know, so it's it's obviously like you guys are saying it's growing. It's mm-hmm. gonna, it's a pretty big deal. You know, I, yeah. So, kind of mentioned the WPRA a little bit, uh, the Women's Professional Rodeo Association. Now, you know, after Kaylin, after winning that title, have you have you at all thought about? And I'll ask you the same thing too. Have you have you guys at all thought about trying to get into the WPRA? You know, it's definitely on my bucket list. I would love to, and hopefully Leo, my new horse, will get me there. He's got the speed. He's got the mind. And Miss is just not that caliber of horse, so I never really thought about it. But now that I have this new horse, he's I hopefully he's going to take me far. All right. Now, Justine, you know, we just got done talking about breakaway roping. And... Talking to you, you know, yesterday and all that, and t- today, um, you seem pretty interested in breakaway roping. You think you want to give it a shot? Go to the WPRA. I would love to, um, you know, and I think Callie could do it with me there. Um, and I would love to also compete in the barrel racing in the WPRA. Um, but I know Callie's not quite that caliber of a horse, so I'm hoping eventually, you know, I'll be able to make my own horse that is that caliber um but i definitely think you know i could definitely get into it with the breakaway with callie and really work at it and be able to do that with her and i want to bring up too what really impresses me about you guys is that your guys you know you guys didn't go out and just buy you know horses that were just ready to go you guys both of you took the time to by young horses and work them to get them to where you guys are now. Yeah. And that just, that right there alone, you know, is impressive. You know, you, you don't, you still see it, you know, but there's a lot of people that are go out and spend, you know, a ton of money on a horse that's already done, just ready to go. And it, it makes you guys, well, I mean, working, you know, you guys working your horses to how you want them. It makes you guys better contestants, too, I think. You know, yeah. That's, that's just my take on it. It definitely makes the winning a lot 
more special because you know that you trained that horse. Like, even if you don't win and you do, like, you tip a barrel or something, you still, it's still your horse that you trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely feels more special when, you know, you're riding a horse that you made, you know, and that you, you trained to be what it is when you get those wins. And even, I mean, like Kaylin said, when you tip a barrel, it still feels good because you made that horse and you know exactly how to fix that problem or work with that problem. You know, a made horse, I feel like a lot of people buy, you know, those horses that are fifty, sixty thousand $60,000. And, you know, I know a lot of people that have bought those horses and they do great. They do amazing. They win all the time, but I just don't think you'd feel that special, you know, winning on a horse that I didn't make. And those horses still need a lot of work. They still need a lot of conditioning. But to that horse, it's just a job. And, you know, I feel like to our horses, it's like, this is this is what I love. You know, this is, yeah. this is fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to get into a topic that's kind of a little bit... You guys were telling me about it just right before this, right before the show here. It's a little bit, I, I don't even, I'm trying to figure out how to even bring it up. It's just, you guys, <laughs> you guys addressed it, and I thought it'd be good to talk about as we were kind of sitting here. I'm just going to say the subject, and I want you guys then to elaborate on what exactly you mean on it, okay? Okay. All right. Animal abuse. Yes. So, a lot of barrel races, bear barrel horses um do get a little bit of abused i have seen it um at the barrel races firsthand um whenever say like a girl gets done with her run and she tips a barrel or the horse out of patterns she just immediately just starts whapping whacking her horse and i mean i just think that's wrong My thing is, is like, you guys are a team, you know, if your horse goes off pattern, you got to think about, well, what was I doing that directed this horse off pattern? You know, that horse is running full speed and just a simple wrong move of your leg can cause that horse to go the wrong direction. And also when you come out of the arena after a bad run and, you know, you start taking it out on your horse, you know, you've got little girls that are looking up to you and they're like, you're showing them that that's what you're supposed to do. You know, like, I feel those young people in rodeo that look up to girls like us and, you know, the older girls that are running these nice horses and these fast horses and winning, you know, you want to show them, okay, you have a bad run. Okay, it's not just the horse's fault, you know. You're a team. You're both out there together. You're both running there together. And you want to show that you just work it out. You don't take it out just on the horse, you gotta gotta think through what happened, what went wrong, you know, that horse is still working its heart out for you, and you gotta take care of him at the end of it. Absolutely, and, uh, you know, I can, I can understand, you know, and obviously when you get into, like, the big, big rodeos and big barrel racing events, you don't have time to do this, but I've seen it to where there are times the horse will just act up, and to me, it's one thing to, you know, while you're still in the arena, really quick, just kind of work your horse a little bit. Get him, get him kind of back, you know, you know, if he's kind of freaking out, you know, just get him back to being calm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Justin, I think it was you that mentioned something. You know, as soon as you're out of the arena, that horse, you know, if someone gets out there and starts whipping on their horse or something like that, that horse at that point doesn't know what you're, why you're doing that. Is it? Yeah. Is that right? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. So one thing that's always stuck with me is someone told me one day that it takes three seconds for a horse to forget what they did wrong. So, you know, you only have that three seconds of time to really correct that. But one, it's too late after that, you know, the horse is like, well, why am I getting, you know, beat on? Why am I getting, you know, disciplined for this? I don't remember what I did, you know. The last mm-hmm. thing he remembers is going out of that gate. Um, and also, horses have a very high flight response, you know. And you're putting them in an arena with thousands of people watching you or, you know, even just 50 people watching you. You know, your nerves are up. Horses feel your body language. And so then their nerves are higher, and their initial response is flight. So if those nerves are so overwhelming for them, that, I feel, is what causes them to act out and mess up on something because their emotions are just so high, and they're ready to be that flight response. And mm-hmm. so that, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, where you and your horse work together. You know, You guys have to be on the same page, and that's what makes it successful. Oh, yes. Your horse goes into the arena for you. Yeah, that horse runs that pattern for you. He doesn't know why. He doesn't realize that, like, there's money behind it or a buckle behind it. Mm -hmm. He's running that pattern for you. So you always, always, always have to pat your horse, even if, like, if Miss Outer Patterns or if Miss hits a barrel. I always pat her. I always give her treats. She's, it's just, yeah. That, that's a good way to look at it, really. I mean, and it seems like, you know, more people need to kind of look at it that way. You know, it that horse is a live animal with a mind of its own, mm-hmm. you know. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to add on that? I don't think so, no. So... <laughs> Yeah, that was a subject that I had to kind of think about how we were going to go about this. Here. Yeah, it's it, definitely it's, a touchy subject. Yeah. But you see it more in the barrel world mm-hmm. than anything else because there's a lot of girls that are high strung and have these very expensive horses that they think that they can buy and just go run a 1D pattern or a 1D time. But even those, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollar horses, they need to be worked every yeah. day. They need to be conditioned. You know, it's not just a point and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully I don't get any controversy from this uh, <laughs> this recording here. I'll be getting some nasty emails by the end of the week here. Uh, so another topic that you guys kind of brought up. It's a little bit kind of an interesting, you know, and I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know this was a thing, honestly. Um, Velcro seats. Yes. <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of moms and dads will strap their little kids into the seat um, so they can, quote unquote, stay in better and have their seat. Um, I just, I personally do not like it because if that horse does something or it flips over backwards, that kid won't be able to get off of that saddle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a very dangerous situation to put your child in. Or even yourself. Like, I've seen adults strap themselves in, and I'm like, if you've been riding and you feel comfortable running these horses, you should feel comfortable running without something to keep you in. 
you know, like I, I kick my feet out of the stirrups. I rarely run with my stirrups, mm-hmm. you know, and I just feel like you should be able to have that seat. And yes, I understand little kids, it's harder for them to stay on, but also they shouldn't be running a horse that they can't stay on. It's they a, should be running a, a horse at their risk. caliber, you know, and I've seen a lot of people, I was at NBHA Youth Worlds and mm. I saw a girl who had the Velcro seat, and she had rubber bands on her feet. Velcro seat failed. She came off around the first. Uh, the One of her rubber bands broke. The other one didn't. Her horse drug her across the arena. They had to bring the ambulance in and everything right there in the arena to get her out because she was so messed up from being drugged because that rubber band didn't break. Really? Yep. Oh, that's crazy. You know, and that kind of even just, like, I worked this summer – my dad had told me this before too, but I worked a summer, uh, or not a summer. I actually worked. A, it was just a week for this. A uh, PRC. It's a big difference, you know. I'm sorry. Like I said, I got a little sidetracked here. I'm squirrel. Um, I worked. I worked a week for this. Um, it was. A, he was a PRCA pickup man. His, uh, he passed away. And it was Sonny Hansen. I remember one day I I walked up and I I would warm up his horses for him before before the rodeo. And I, I walked up to him, and I was wearing I was wearing Romeos one day. And don't judge me. I can tell you by the way you're looking at me. Don't judge me here. <laughs> Stay with me. Um, wearing those Romeos, and he, he looked at me, and he said, I'm not letting you get on my horse with those on. He goes, if that if my horse spooks and you're wearing those, you can't get your feet out of the stirrups jump off. Ever since then, anytime I ever get on a horse, I'd wear, you know, boots with no tread on the bottom. They're, yeah. they're very minimal tread. You know, and it's totally different than Velcro seats, but it's kind of the same thing. You got to kind of think about, like yeah. you guys are saying, it's a safety deal. You know, if you got to, if you have to get off that horse really quick for whatever reason, you know, that horse starts to roll or something. You know, you got to be able to get off really quick. Yeah. And, you know, I don't mean to get all gory and tell horror stories here, but you were talking about one or an eleven-year-old girl. Um. What what was it again? So she had a Velcro seat on her horse, um, and before they went into the arena, her horse was rearing up, and the horse ended up flipping over, and because of the Velcro seat, the little girl was not able to get out from underneath the horse, and the horn went through her stomach that's because just, of that Velcro seat. That's that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> that's very scary. Yeah. Jeez. So let's get on a little bit lighter topic now. That's a little sensitive. (laughs) Yeah. We just covered a couple things that were a little bit touchy to talk about here. And like I said, I'm probably going to get some nasty emails by the end of the week. But hey, that's okay. Um, So let's talk about, I want your guys' advice on this. Traveling down the road alone. I I know both of you do this. Yes. Yes. any advice to give to, you know, some, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a woman at rodeo. It can be anyway. It can be, you know, someone just getting in the rodeo that wants to travel, you know, that wants to go down the road. Any advice or anything you'd like to give? Yeah, definitely one thing I can say is I'm a very shy person. I don't like new people, but rodeo life, you're a family. No matter what event you do, no matter how old or how new you are to rodeo, you know, you're a family and we all love to help each other out. Um, This past summer I traveled from Montana to Oregon by myself, 10 hour drive and you know, the girl that parked next to me, she was with her family and 
they were just very welcoming. We hung out all weekend. You know, our mom made sure I had everything I needed, and it was just, it made it a great experience. And, you know, going into that, I was very nervous to be by myself, and then, you know, just everybody was so welcoming, even all the other competitors. We all talked. We hung out. You know, we told each other good luck, good job. It's just a very welcoming family to be in. Yeah, it's definitely scary for the first time that you travel alone because you're like, oh, I don't know where to park. I don't know who I'm going to talk to or if anybody's going to help me with my horses. Just try to make friends, even if you are shy, just like Justine said. A lot of people will reach out to you and help you. Like I've helped a lot of girls that travel alone and helped them with their horses and you just got to have an open mind about that. The best thing you can do is not be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone willing yeah. to help you. Yeah, and you know, that's, um, you know, rodeo, that's the one thing about rodeo that I absolutely love. You know, it's it's one of the, it's the only sport I know where the person you're competing against can also be your best friend. Oh, yeah. And, you, you know, everybody's a big family. Everybody's always willing to work together to help each other. Um... You know, yeah, I think it's I think it's a great great thing, and I it's probably the only sport that's like that, really. Yeah, yeah. that's why rodeo is the best sport in the world. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it is, it is. Absolutely. Um, is there any advice you could give about that, or because um, I have another question coming up that's we're gonna get into some more, you know, any advice, but just specifically about traveling down the road. I think one thing is, if you know, you're second-guessing yourself about traveling alone, do it. You know, I was worried about going to Oregon by myself, um, and, you know, I told myself, I'm like, I have to do this. You know, this is going to be a good experience for me. This is going to be a life-changing thing for me, and it was. You know, it was the best decision I made to go by myself, and I had never drove that long with a horse trailer by myself, and, you know, everything turned out fine, and... It's just, you got to take that step. you got to do it. Don't second-guess yourself. Absolutely. That, that's actually some really good advice. And I, I hope, you know, I hope we can get, get this out to some people that want to yeah. need that. You need that little bit of advice, you know. Um, so with that then, you know, you, you guys had kind of mentioned earlier, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, the thing about one of those touchy subjects. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah. you, you mentioned, um, you know, the little girl sitting out there, you know, if they watch you do that. That's what they think is right. You know, so let me ask you guys, what what is something that, you know, advice that, you know, either you could, if you could travel in time, give back to yourself starting out or give advice to some someone uh, younger or even just someone that's just wanting to get into rodeo, what is some advice that you would give them? Um, I was very hard on myself when I was younger. So if I could go back in time, you know, I, you know, I didn't have those people that like were like, oh, you know, you did bad. But, you know, I had those people that were supportive and like, you did great, you did your best, you know, you had fun. But it was me who was hard on myself. And if I could go back, I would tell myself to just relax and have fun and, you know, have the mentality I have now about it. And I did watch a lot of little kids in rodeo where their parents would get very upset with them for a simple mistake they made. 
and it's a common mistake to make when you're young and it's like just let your kids have fun you know it's not always about winning because when you make it just about winning and you get frustrated with them when they mess up you're making them not love the rodeo life you know it they're little they're young they're still learning just let them have fun let them have a good time mm-hmm. you know i was the same way i was very very hard on myself um my dad tried to get me out of that and be like, hey, it's just for fun. But it took me a couple of years to realize that it's literally just for fun. Like, you shouldn't be expecting a check or a buckle or anything. Like, these top girls could tip a barrel um, and lose that world title. Like, you shouldn't be down on yourself and just, yeah, and just reach out to people. Like I was never, I was training myself mm-hmm. in this whole barrel racing thing. And then I finally found this woman, um, Janet Erickson, very, very nice lady. I love her to death. She would do anything for me. And she just helped me get back on my feet. And she was like, you know, this is for fun. Like you got into this sport for fun, not for money or for buckles or for prizes or anything. And with that, I know there are a lot of girls, and I know a lot of girls that are in this, and this is their lifestyle, this is their profession, this is what they do every day. And, you know, I still believe I the one girl I know who's very highly competitive in it and does very well in it, you know, she still has fun with it, you know. it's Yes, it's her lifestyle, but she still makes it fun. Yeah. You know, I've always told myself that I want to live a lifestyle where I don't feel like I'm working. You yeah, know, I mm-hmm. want to love it. I want to have fun with it. I don't want to feel like I have to do it. Yeah. And that's what I find with, you know, training horses and being around those horses and cattle and competing in rodeos. Absolutely. That it that right there, I I that's another one of those things that I wish that it could get out to more people. You it's you got to have fun. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what makes it so much better is the fun. You know, you Yeah, absolutely. It's great to win money. And it's great to win a buckle, but you got to have fun to get there first. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to the advice, you guys? So I got a, I got a couple more topics that we could talk about here. Um, you guys, good? Yeah. So this one, another one. It's it's not it's not like the other two that are touchy subjects. I just don't know how to bring this up. You guys were mentioning it and I wrote it in my notes saying it and then the question marks by it trying to figure out how exactly to so I want you guys once again to elaborate on this I'm just going to say it and you guys elaborate on this here uh it's just kind of a goofy subject here buckle bunnies you know um another way that you can put it is girls dressing up Uh (laughs) very very like dress like dressing up like say like at the NFR there's a lot of girls that will dress up in bell bottoms and all this other stuff and you know me and Justine love to dress up and we're not buckle bunnies our boyfriends are (laughs) (laughs) you know I think our biggest sorry (laughs) our biggest frustration with that I feel is you know when we do you know when we are feeling ourselves and we get dressed up for a rodeo or we get dressed up to go watch a rodeo you know those first accusations from people are, oh, she's just a buckle bunny. It's like, no, look at my belt. That's got my name on it. You know, I'm not, I'm not chasing after some person with a buckle. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not, 
yes, I'm impressed by your buckle, but I'm not going to just talk to you because of your buckle. I'm going to talk to you to get to know you. I'm not going to chase after you because you've got some big buckle, you know. it's. I love this sport as well. This sport is my life. I've won buckles, you know. It's, it's just frustrating when those people make those accusations that, oh, you know, she's all dressed up and dolled up at a rodeo because she's chasing those people with buckles. No. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to dress up, too. It, we don't have to be buckle bunnies to dress up. And it's, yeah. yeah. I don't dress up often, but when I yeah. want to, you know, I don't want to feel like, oh, someone's going to think I'm just some buckle bunny that's walking around here. It's like, no, I'm feeling myself. I want to look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling myself. I just uh, never thought I'd be bringing this up in a podcast. <laughs> I just want to point you out. Know, it's, well, it's, it's a big thing. It is, and, it is you a know, big thing. The big thing with TikTok now, you know, like I want to bring this in, is you've got those people that go on there and these girls are dressing up and feeling themselves and feeling pretty and, you know, they may not like how they look and, you know, they finally get to that point where they like how they look and you've got some troll on there commenting, oh, you're just a buckle bunny. When that girl's out there working every day and competing herself and winning buckles herself, it's just like... Why make those accusations about someone before you know them? Yeah, you should bring, you should start bringing the girls up, not bringing them down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask, this has nothing to do with this, but I got to ask, what is a troll? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you've heard of like the internet trolls that just like sit there all day and make horrible comments on oh, people's okay. posts. Oh, okay. Okay. You know? yeah. The little trolls. <laughs> <laughs> the little internet trolls. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be a one I'm going to get in emails. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I'll just forward them to you guys. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we talked about traveling along. You then mentioned in the last topic, uh, your boyfriends are the buckle bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry again. We're not sorry. She's lying. <laughs> so, you know... I, so, do your guys' boyfriends travel with you guys? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they yeah. do. They are our barrel... <laughs> Don't... We, we can't yeah. cuss our No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> They're our barrel setters. <laughs> we'll put it the nice way. And uh, what we mean by that is, you know, that they're tacking up our horses, oh. you know... They're helping us get ready. They're holding... We throw our bridles at them if we need them to hold our extra bridles. You know, I definitely appreciate them. Oh, yes. Because definitely. I probably... I wouldn't have gone to all the rodeos and barrel races I would no, without we, my boyfriend. We definitely appreciate all the help, and we definitely appreciate some of the stuff they put up with, because, you know, if we're, if we're highly stressed, you know, we're nervous for our runs, and obviously, you know, sometimes we take it out on them, and that's not fair to them, <laughs> but... <laughs> But we're definitely appreciative of everything they do oh, yeah. and how much help they do give us throughout the day because we need someone to kind of just take that out on and, a little yeah, bit and, and be relieve there that stress us. and, you know, be there and take it and be like, it's okay. You know, you're going to have a good run. Just relax, you know. Those poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm and all the other barrel racers know what we're talking about, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know. Oh, boy. Whether it's, you know, the little girl and it's her dad and she's all stressed <laughs> and throwing a tantrum, you know, she, he's just there for her, like, it's okay, you just relax, you know. Or it's, you know, your boyfriend. and My, da- my dad was definitely one of those guys. I'd be like, if you need anything, just let me know. Just let me know. Yeah. And he would be my barrel setter and everything. And now I've moved on to my boyfriend. <laughs> and now he's stuck. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't, I don't even know how to recover from this topic now. <laughs> um, 
All right. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So. Yeah. Is there? Any... <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't. This is. <laughs> I'll make sure they don't get to hear this one. No, I hope <laughs> yeah. they do. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> I hope they do. I'll send it directly to them. And I'll Perfect. Send them, I'll send them the link. I'll Perfect. Them. There we go. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'd like to thank you guys for agreeing to sit down with me here today. Yeah, thank That's you. Fine. And, uh, well, once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the CB Rodeo Show. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and check us out on Spotify. And, uh, you know, while we're sitting here... You guys want you guys want to give out some Instagrams? Let's uh, oh, God. <laughs> I knew you were gonna ask me that. Get some followers going for you guys. You, you know, <sighs> people can see your guys is going down the road, you know. Okay, so mine is Kaylin underscore McMillan. And also, I just like to put this out there. If you need any advice or if you have any questions about rodeo, just don't be afraid to DM us. Um, we'll talk to you. Yeah. Just don't be afraid. Um, mine is just underscore, I'm going to spell this for you because it's complicated to spell, S-T-R-Z as in zebra, E-L-O-1. So that's just underscore S-T-R-Z-E-L-O-1. Yeah, I, I just want to point out that when I had their, had her name down, um, straw check, I had to actually write it out so that I could, <laughs> I could, pronounce, uh, it could right. pronounce it right, you know, and one of the big things as a rodeo announcer make sure you can see the name yeah. right you know i know uh you're talking about they most of the time they just like i don't even know how to say it you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, i've had a few of those but you know you just gotta spell it out yeah so yeah. anyway yeah check them out on instagram um and you heard it from kaylin you know feel free to message them if you need any advice um we don't need any trolls though no, <laughs> no <laughs> trolls <laughs> i just learned that one today i'm gonna use that now so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, once again, I said this is the CB Rodeo Show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you down the road.